This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Games Group. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined today by Marty Sleva, Jose Otero, and Colin Moriarty, three gentlemen that were recently in Japan for the Tokyo Game Show. And I'm interested in hearing about your impressions uh, of the Japanese gaming industry, the state of Japanese games, gamers, consoles. Because when I was there a year ago for TGS, uh, there are a lot of games at, at the show, very few console games. Yeah. As compared to like uh, a show of ours like E3. Sure. Like, sure. It just seemed like they weren't that interested in console gaming anymore. But now we're on the eve of the launch of yeah. PlayStation 4. Uh, Wii U is out there now. I don't know. I, I want to hear what you guys thought. Yeah, we actually, uh, we were just at lunch with uh, Mitch Dyer and he made the point. He said Japan is a mobile country now. So not necessarily, uh, you know, iOS or Android, but... Japan moves. Yeah. Um, the yeah. country moves around. Oh, yeah, it's like the island of Moss. It just disappears every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, it's very much, they, they play on their phones, they play on their 3DSs. Uh, do they play on their Vitas? They play on their Vitas. They still play on their Some PSPs. Some people play on their Vitas, yeah. yeah. Um, and many. so it, I, I, I think gaming is as prevalent as ever, but it's just a different kind of sort of type of gaming. It was record attendance this year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I think something like two hundred thousand, something yeah. crazy like that. So still a lot of excitement about games. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Yeah, and oh. Japan's transition to playing mostly mobile or handheld games—that's been like a thing for about five years. Like yeah. it's, it's predominantly where a lot of the cool experiments end up. I feel like you'll see them more on 3DS, or you'll see them more on DS, or you'll see them 
on PSP, which had a very long life in Japan yeah. versus the life that it had outside of Japan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, the biggest thing we saw at any of the stores in the streets was Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. Monster Hunter 4 was released while we were there, the week before we the were The week there. before on Friday, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, and that thing was insane. Like, I have legit, it was like, as, you know, how America's kind of been invaded by GTA, it was yeah. the exact same thing, but with, with Monster Hunter. Yeah. yeah, and they had record sales, what, like two million in four days? Yeah, like that. yeah. It was along those lines, not yeah. exact. Yeah. Did you do a billion dollars in a week? Billion yen. Yeah, a billion yen. You know, I don't know how much yeah. that is. <laughs> they didn't, but they didn't spend a billion dollars in a week either, or in whatever that was <laughs> too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The total budget for the project. Yeah. yeah, there's like weird, I noticed a weird um, confluence of like different kinds of data, right? Like that we were seeing, like things we were, you know, anecdotal evidence and just numbers from, you know, the, mm -hmm. the sales trucks and stuff. You know, we talk about Monster Hunter, right? Monster Hunter sold like two million copies, or a little more than that probably, in, in a week. In its first week on uh, on uh, media create sales. Now that's a country of with one third the population of the United States, um, and that is a country that only has about twelve to fifteen percent of the gaming uh, demographic for the world. Right, they don't sell many games there. In equivalent numbers in the United States, Monster Hunter sold like eight nine million copies over there. So yeah. um, that's a significant game for that yeah. population of people. Um, and these games don't happen very often. But if you look, especially at Nintendo 3DS sales. Um, not only hardware, but games when they come out. Even a game that has soft sales, like that new Mario and, and Luigi game, right? Mm -hmm. That came out it had soft sales in Japan for sold, 3DS. Yeah, yeah, it sold like three hundred thousand copies. That's that's a million copies in the United States. So, um, and that hardware continually pushes and sells. Even Vita, that you know struggles mightily there by selling six, seven thousand units uh, a week, uh, is selling more there in a week uh, per person that is in the country playing a game than it does in a month in the United States. So, mm -hmm. gaming's actually strong there. But like we were saying, it's strong in terms of mobile. Uh, and I don't mean necessarily only phones, but also like 3DS and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and Vita. Because if you look at it in the other, in the other perspective, the PS3 has sold 75 million copies around the world, but only 9 million of them have been sold in, the, in, in Japan. Mm -hmm. So the numbers are, are softer yeah. for a console sale. So it depends on like, what you're looking at. Plus, I think the biggest booth at TGS this year was Grease. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Really, it wasn't Sony? Sony had a crazy Sony did, booth. Sony did have a big booth. It was yeah. a lot of yeah. empty space, though, when you look at mm -hmm. it. A big PS Vita TV place and stuff like that. Um, Xbox also had a pretty substantial booth, mm -hmm. but That's right. it's just a little bit different over there. I don't yeah. think that you know. I don't think that it's it, you got to kind of compartmentalize it yeah. in a way and, and and figure out like what you're looking at. You're looking at handhelds. You're looking at mobile. I think the console sales are, are certainly flagging there. I think Wii U is getting destroyed over there, for instance. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be any better for PS4. It certainly probably isn't going to be for Xbox One. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was interesting too. We uh, we did a big sort of pre-event at uh, Namco Bandai mm -hmm. headquarters and. Uh, you know, they had they showed off Dark Souls, which was really great. They didn't show off anything next gen. They wouldn't even talk about next gen. And then it seems like a bulk of their franchises have become these sort of free to play experiences. So we went in, and the new Soul Calibur they showed is free to play. Mm. The uh, the new Tekken is free to play. The new Ace Combat is free to play. So these, you know, these sort of franchises that were were you know pillars of console generations uh, suddenly are are you know being displayed in a very different and strange way. So I mean, I don't know if. Maybe we've seen the last of the $60 retail Soul Calibur or Tekken or Ridge Racer. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's certainly seen that way from uh, what Namco had to show. Did you sense any excitement over next-gen consoles? Not really. <laughs> I, I, the, the word is, like, I, I spent a little bit of time at the Xbox booth specifically so I can play the Castlevania games. And the, the, the word is, is that Titanfall was really popular there. Yeah. Um, that might be a game changer. I hate using that term, but a game changer for Microsoft there. 
but you know, we were talking about you know just console sales now with games that are big. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a really good example. Yeah. I brought that game home with me so we can we can mess around with it, do some coverage here. That game sold five hundred thousand copies in in one week, which is substantial for a console game there. Mm-hmm. Um, but even a game like that with such a, a Japanese pedigree with with thirty year old roots in the, in the manga uh, community there and stuff like that didn't. Push you know huge numbers yeah. even you know when you compare their their relative population size so I think I think you know and I think they're a little dissatisfied with PlayStation Four being late there especially because we're finding out every day that PS Four is coming out sooner almost everywhere else like mm-hmm. South Africa you yeah. know uh, you know South America places that you know are burgeoning markets for Sony but like they're still neglecting their home territory yeah. and there's a reason for that because. They know that they're going to win there, first of all. They're going to beat Nintendo, and they're going to beat uh, Microsoft in the console space there. They know that. And the games aren't ready because no one's making them over yeah. there. There's just not any... Like, deep down is the only Japanese, super Japanese-centric game yeah. I can think about even on, on PlayStation 4 right now. Did you get to check that game out? I did, yeah. Your impressions were... Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Stiff it's, and yeah. weird. I, you know, yeah. I, I, don't, couldn't, I couldn't really read the screen. Yeah. So, but, like, it just wasn't... <laughs> it was, it's, yeah. Because it's in Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and there was a lot. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of menus and a lot of kind of combat data. But yeah, the game. A lot of people were making Dark Souls comparisons, which I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, the game felt strange. At a glance, it looks a lot like Dark Souls. It looks a lot. Yeah, it has the same camera, that. same sort of you yeah. know medieval dark fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the game was pretty, but it, it, it didn't feel good to me. Yeah, it's procedural, which is cool. Like, yeah. they, there's certain things like about the game that are neat, and you know, I felt a very similar way when I first played Beyond Two Souls, when I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. Yeah, you know? and I ended up actually liking it a lot more when I really got to sit with it. So. It could be the same thing here, but I just, they're not ready for the next gen because I don't think the developers over there care because when we, I, I was at Namco the day before we had our event there talking to the Tails team, and I'm more of that on IGN, there's a lot of stuff I talked to them about, but, you know, they're not focused on next gen at all, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, even Inafune with Mighty Number no. 9 or something like that, like his stretch goals bring the game to PS3 and 360 in 2015, you know, yeah. it's like, there's like weird things like that where, I think in the West, like we'll be making the jump much, much sooner yeah. than that. And, and who knows how these, these consoles resonate. Yeah. As you made your way around Tokyo, what sort of video game advertising did you see on billboards or on TV? A lot like, of Monster yeah, Hunter. A lot of Monster Hunter. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. There's yeah. some that GTA. And Hatsune Miku, yeah. believe it or not. The, yeah. the blue diva thing. You don't need to know. But uh, <laughs> those games are out but here. That game just came out, or one of them just came out here recently. Yeah, yeah. 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 Do those sell well here? They're both huge. No. Oh, I, mean, I, I think this is like really, it's like the, there's a Vita version that never came out here. This is like a PSN oh, gotcha. version. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it'll sell well yeah, to a, a yeah. niche of people. But yeah, yeah a lot of Monster Hunter. Yeah. Um, when we went to uh, Akihabara, that, that, that opened up a little bit into you know a lot of you know very Japanese-centric RPGs and 3DS games mm-hmm. uh, being shown off. But and like and GTA was definitely being shown yeah, too, which yeah. is cool. Which is I think it releases in like two or three weeks there, but mm-hmm. people sound excited. But yeah. you know, not 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 too much. You no, know, not too much from you know a, a diversity of games. I would yeah, say. at the show itself, I know so a lot of people were really excited around the Square Enix booth, right. um, and there was uh, you know they had new Final Fantasy thirteen uh, three Lightning Returns uh, hands on, which yeah. was really cool. Um, but they also just had they had like a, a theater running trailers, and it was the same fifteen and Kingdom Hearts three trailer from E three, and like tons of people crowded around and watched it and cheered afterwards mm. so I mean those are kind of the things like those two games seem to be the Japanese next-gen games that people are most excited about despite the fact that we won't be seeing those for I mean 2015 16 even though it's easy to be down on Japan though I feel like this generation Japan has delivered some interesting games that for example Catherine uh, sure. something yeah. like Dark Souls sure. you know there there's a small it's not as big of a list maybe as it was during the PlayStation era and during the PlayStation 2 era mm-hmm. but there are still those games that yeah. you look at and you go wow that's Distinctly Japan, very great art direction, really interesting mechanics. There's a lot of excitement around Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh too. yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and this is the weird thing I'm kind of observing. Like, I'm not down on Japanese games 
because I'm actually having a lot of fun with them. Uh, Dragon's Crown, I think, is another great example yeah. of a mm -hmm. fantastic game. Uh, Tales of Exilia was, was a really good game, and, and that game, you know, we're seeing this weird data where a game like Tales of Exilia sells 100,000 copies in the United States. That's the second highest selling Tales game in the history of, of the series in the United States. Only Symphonia on GameCube sold better, faster. Um, and so there's like a weird turnaround going on as we kind of look at J Japan and their, and their domestic games as being a little backwards or like kind of last gen. The games that are coming over here are, some of them are selling really well. Dragon's Crown actually sold extraordinarily well mm. um, on both Vita and PS3 there and here. Um, Do you have any, any numbers? Uh, I don't have the American numbers uh, on the record, but I, I know that the uh, you know it sold hundreds of thousands of copies in Japan and, and was you know on, all over the charts. Even on Vita, it sold a lot of hardware too. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, yeah, like there's these big games from Square that are coming out in Konami, but like I, there's you know Platinum is putting out games, and although they're not selling well, they're putting them out and they're supposed to be good. Um, Metal Gear probably sold well, but yeah, this last um, well, Wonderful One Hundred One, yeah, it's kind of struggling. And of course, like you know, Pokemon. Yep. Is about to come out. <laughs> it's gonna be big, you know, and yeah. and like October twelfth. Like that's gonna calendar. be that's like that's that's a Japanese yeah. game, and that's going yeah. to be absurdly popular. Yeah, yeah. You know? So yeah. it's uh, you know we can look with like a we can look with like kind of a wary eye at Japan. I think that there's a reason for that. They Nintendo is a good example of a, of a, of a company that is way behind in HD development. Has no idea what they're doing over there with HD development right now. Like they're a generation behind on that. And that's because I think they're ignoring the a lot of these companies ignore the progress going on in the West. I think there's like a competitive nature and also a traditional nature sure. over there in game that's development. That's very Nintendo. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I think that there's a lot of promising. I'm I'm super excited about Tales of Exilia too. I'm super excited about Metal Gear. Yeah. Uh, super excited about even Japanese IP that are being developed outside of Japan, like Lords of Shadow Two or. You know, like the, you know, and I agree. Catherine is like one of the most revolutionary games we've played this generation, and and that's a Japanese game. So there's also, I think, next year at TGS or just looking at Japan next year will be very interesting because you'll see the impact of okay, a guy like Keiji Inifune, you know, big, you know, renowned known creator went to Kickstarter yeah. mm -hmm. to start a project. Um, yeah. How many other Japanese developers are looking at that and going, hmm, like yeah. there's yeah. something I want to make that's that performing well too, right? Like, oh, yeah, three million, million three million, yeah. Yeah, and take into account too. You have a uh, um, conferences like Bit Summit, which started last year, which is a collection of independent Japanese developers and trying to get them talking, and being more aware of different ways that they can get their games made, either be it Steam Greenlight, be it Kickstarter as well. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see if this sea change is actually happening. And I think next year, hopefully, we'll see the fruits of that. Last Guardian will be cool too. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I owe, I owe, yeah, uh, when am I getting my steak, steak dinner? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt it in my gut this year. No, that was gonna be no, no, Colin. Man, that was, yeah. was foolish. I'll, I'll say this too, uh, just real quick, that you know, we talk a lot about what's happening now in Japan, what's happening in the future in Japan, but what really resonated with me when I was in Japan and in Tokyo is the, is the, the, the heritage of gaming and the tradition of gaming there. And there's... It's not quite like anywhere else in the world I've been. Right. You know, like there, there's just those shops like Super Potato mm -hmm. and like Maserati. Just, just yeah, absolutely yeah. outrageous, yeah. outrageous, outrageous. Made the, made the trip for me like yeah. much better than going to TGS was spending a day in Akihabara. And like if you if you are an old school game fan, like I picked up all the Rockman games while I was there, Mega Man games. 
you can buy anything you want there, and it's yeah. just remarkable. And especially because the yen is like in the shitter right now, like you can you get you get you get a pretty good deal, a yeah, pretty good bang yeah, for your buck. So, yeah. yeah. So that was actually the most remarkable part. It's like yeah. no matter what, Japan can disappear forever from the gaming scene, right? Like don't yeah. say that. I, well, I'm <laughs> no. saying, don't but, they'll, but they'll always have that, that history. These yeah. are the games that like we grew up with. I understand that like 15 year old kids today can't relate to the way we grew up with games, but everything we played. Was Japanese, and we were yeah. we were playing games like Sonic Two or something like that that were American. We didn't even really know that those games were actually developed in the states, you know, yeah. like like because they still had that Japanese heritage, that Japanese oversight. Yep. And today, like we have this big West versus East mentality and this competition: who's better, the Western RPG or the Japanese RPG? We didn't have any choices back then, and that was awesome because we didn't need them. Yeah. 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 And so that that's what resonated with me with the most. Yeah. yeah. So. Gentlemen, thank you for sharing your insights and your recent trip to Japan. Stay tuned for more from IGN Gamescoop. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to IGN Gamescoop. I am your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined now by Greg Miller. Matt Jones! Mitch Dyer. I don't know who that is. Steve Butts. This is Matt Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gamescoop uh, Lord of the Superfans. GTA Online. Has been, you, this is the first time you guys have heard this. DJ Online has been live for 24 hours now. Yeah. It's been smooth sailing. Flawless victory. No yep. problems yeah. whatsoever. Uh, no, actually, that's not the case. It's having a lot, lot of problems. problems. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tried signing in last night, hoping that everything had been sorted out. Yeah. But yeah, I ran into that problem, created my character, and then in the first race that it drops you into, it just it froze up. Yeah. Right. Uh, does not work is a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty core to the uh, GTA Online experience, I think, is so functionality. This came two weeks after the launch of mm -hmm. GTA V. So the question is, should we be upset? It's going to be fixed eventually. How big, right. of, how big of a deal is it? For me, it was helpful that it was broken. I came home last night and wasn't distracted. I actually sat down. I'm like, I'm going to try to beat single player. I need That's to get the thing. I haven't player. beaten the, for the campaign either. Yeah. I keep being distracted by little thoughts and people who need rides everywhere. I'm like, now nah, th th that was my thing. <laughs> and so, like, for a game that has this much content, I, I don't mm. see it being that big of a deal. I almost kind of wish that it was coming later for exactly that reason. Mm. Like, October 1st, a couple weeks after it's out, seems almost too soon. Uh, which is fine. I mean, most games come out at retail and it's like, okay, multiplayer is just there, right? It's, right, it's right, on the right, disc right. and you can play now. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I would like more time for A, for them to fix it, and B, just to give me time to, to wrap up the campaign, finish all the stuff after the credits roll, all that kind of stuff, make mm -hmm. more money, mess with the stock market. Uh, but now that it's here, I think it is a significant issue that it's not working. I mean, there, ha there are a lot of people that have beaten the game, right? Yeah. And we're yeah. waiting for this. Yeah, that's absolutely true, and they want this online thing. I think the big difference for us is it's not like SimCity or Diablo 3 where it's like the game comes out and there's launch problems you can't even play single right, player. Yeah. Right, 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 like right. there is an alternative. Yeah. And there's enough in that game I feel like even if you finished it, you can still have fun. But yeah, people who bought this game with the expectation that online would work, they totally have a right to be upset by it. Oh this. yeah, they have a right absolutely. to be upset. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you know, there's just so much to do. I guess, I guess it's all personal preference, right? right? Like for me, multiplayer was just additive, right? I'm never going to put as much time into multiplayer as I have, in, have right now into single player or will continue to put into right. single player. I still want to see everything and get to the top of Mount Chile and figure out what the hell that means. I know people know. Don't tell me. I'm avoiding it. I'm not. I don't want to know. Matt Jones is up there. God damn it, <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt the same way about Red Dead when I was like, I'll never play the multiplayer for this. It's all. Oh no, wait. Just kidding. This multiplayer is really fun. I spent like 40, 50 hours, which is half the time mm. I played Red Dead, mm. just online messing around, exploring stuff, and that's how I got to see a lot of the cities um, and a lot of the, the landscapes. And I feel like GTA Online offers a different kind of way to experience that world. Yeah. No. Uh, totally. 
Like, going to Mount Chiliad, it's before the game's main story setting, because it's a prequel, right? GTA Online takes place before everything you do in the campaign. Being able to see that stuff, maybe stuff's different. Like, maybe it's a, a separate experience in terms of, like, what you're seeing and how you're consuming it uh, in, in, the, in terms of, like, what the environment is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Red Dead's multiplayer was available at launch, though, right? Yes. And I, were there issues? I don't remember there being issues. If there were, I mean, they weren't as big as this. They were not as significant as, you know, it's a GTA, it's a GTA game. Yeah. Everybody knows. Everybody bought it, right? Yeah. The thing made a billion dollars yes. in 72 hours, yeah. right? And you know that the guys who were responsible for running the multiplayer infrastructure for this were just, like, sweating the whole yeah. time. Yeah. You figure in a way this might have worked against them, right? And the fact yeah. that if you would have released multiplayer right away, you would have had, I think, a smaller amount of people hitting those servers right away. Mm -hmm. So many people would have jumped in and just played single player. Mm -hmm. And it looks like there's sort of one solution for everybody. It's it's happening to everyone as far as I'm concerned, or as right, far right, as right, I've right. heard, right? It's not like you're, you get on a server and you're just lucky. Right, it's him back. It's impacting all the players, mm -hmm. and it's it sort of it sends a message, right? Like this is part of a bigger pattern. Pattern. Right. If if GTA can make a billion dollars <laughs> and still can't fix this, maybe this is not a problem that developers can fix, right? The intersection sure. of of the expectation for the needs of the infrastructure for multiplayer and the player base who comes in and crashes the servers and is doing crazy stuff like. That's just not a problem that can be worked out beforehand. That's something where you're going to have these growing pains. It's yeah. just unavoidable. I feel like, at least. No, I mean, the fact that it keeps happening with SimCity, with Diablo, games yeah. that, like you're saying, are unplayable without online, that people knew that coming in, and if right. they can't get it right, and now GTA, the biggest game going, can't get it right, where is the cutoff of, like, how mad we're allowed to be or supposed to be? Like, how a scale of, right. happy to say. There is, like, in the office, right? There's people like me who's like, oh, right. no big deal. I'll get right. to when it's live. They gave us this awesome open world that never loads. You right. know what I mean? I'm fine with that. And then there's the other, like, I paid for this motherfucker. Why isn't it working? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you got to imagine that, like, some of the higher-ups at Rockstar go to the heads of multiplayer and are like, hey, would a billion dollars fix this problem? <laughs> and they're like, nope. Well, nope. so, a billion dollars is not going to make any that's, difference. That's one of the arguments that keeps coming up, right? Is that, well, you know, SimCity didn't function. Diablo didn't function. Right. This does. You do have something you can experience. Right. At the same time, this is a separate product. And Rockstar has been very open about the idea that GTA Online is a different game. Yeah. It just happens to be accessible on the disc. I was and surprised when I started playing it last night. There's a, it has its own credits yeah. that were at the beginning, right? Yeah, because expecting. it's a different team. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big deal. That's something that Rockstar has been very open about. And to that degree, I think, yeah, that totally warrants people being angry that it doesn't work because this is a new product. This is a separate game that doesn't work. And, and that probably sucks. There are probably people who bought it for online. Exactly, right? yeah. They're like, I don't care about single player. I want to grieve a real person. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> right. some people... They, they're out there. Yeah. yeah, well, the guy who played with Justin last night, yeah. he had to wait to do a co-op uh, knock over a liquor store or whatever, and while just, Justin's waiting, 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 the guy finally rolls up and just runs Justin over. <laughs> and like, well, so... So some people can get in. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, but I, it's I haven't kind heard any. Working. I haven't heard people who are having no long-term success with okay. it. They're yeah. getting in, playing a little, and then something bad happens. They're kicked out. They yeah, get back right. In. They're shot coming out of the hospital for the third time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if it's if it is a you know we have to assume it will be fixed eventually. Yeah, and Rockstar is one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, but like so it, if it will be fixed then, why couldn't it have been fixed you know now? It's, it's, it's not like it's like it's technically impossible. Sure. I, I mean, I thought it was really crazy that they hadn't, they didn't do an open beta, yeah. right? Like we always talk about sometimes the beta is the new demo and yada yada yada. Yeah. But games like the best demo of all time, DC Universe Online, and of course, SimCity did do betas where they were like, let's try to see what the server load's going to be like and how this will work. And Rockstar didn't do any of that, which I thought was really interesting. And they could have done it very easily with like a collector's edition coupon or whatever. Sure. Hey, mm -hmm. buy the collector's edition, get in a week early, and give press access, have mm -hmm. like a friends and family yeah. beta, and like have a much smaller group 
where players can sort of land in this environment and Rockstar can begin to see the places where it's going to fall apart when millions more players jump in a week or two later. See, I, I would assume they did something similar to that internally, right? Like Take-Two and 2K. Were you and in? Did you get to play? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I'm My sure, NDA wouldn't allow me to, <laughs> even if I did. I am positive they tested it in a large sure. scale, right? But the thing is, this is a game that, in, you know, Take-Two's... Uh, projections for this game were significantly lower than what they actually were. Mm-hmm. They expected this game would make a billion dollars by March. It made a billion dollars by September 20th. <laughs> like, that's insane. They did not see this level of success coming. And I think that is kind of indicative of the reason for its fi- uh, the multiplayer's failure. They didn't anticipate the degree to which people would be interested or the, the number of people that would come in at once. And yeah. that's what's hammering their, their stuff right now. Over time, fewer people will log in or they'll, you know, they'll do what Greg's talking about, and just go play the story because they're not distracted by the multiplayer, and that will let people get in, that will let Rockstar, that'll lighten the load for them, that'll give them the chance to solve the problems. Share the load. And I think they can fix it quickly, but not immediately, right? Because they have to buy more servers, they have to balance the servers yep. better, they have to fix parts of the code that are maybe breaking, and like, mm-hmm. none of that's an instant fix. Like, that takes yep. time to dig into it and find the right vendors and find the right parts of the code that you need to fix, and, and that's just not something you can turn mm-hmm. around immediately. Do you think this does anything to taint what you know GTA GTA Five is or anything like that? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. the the success of the single player. You know, if that game had only come out as a single player experience with no promise of GTA mm-hmm. Online, I do not think that the sales would be negatively affected at all. Yeah, I agree. And I come from a PC background where we play a lot of MMOs and stuff like that. And it's it's a much more common thing on the PC for a mm-hmm. big game that has a lot of players playing on a single server just to have a lot of issues, right? right. I mean, because there's no way to anticipate yeah. how it's going to break. And this is going to be try it. this is going to be something we're going to see a lot of in, in next yeah. gen, right? Where games are constantly ah, no way. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> everything the division is kind of always online and it's built around the idea of multiplayer and people are going to be buying these games on mass connecting at the same time. Mm-hmm. And servers are going to get destroyed, the games are not going to work. So you're mm-hmm. telling me that when the PlayStation 4 releases yeah. and everyone tries to download Killzone at the same time, that's yeah. not going to go down lightning fast and work great? Oh no, I'm sure that will go Thank perfectly. You. Yeah, don't worry about that, Greg. Even if there's only one person downloading it. <laughs> 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 oh, that's going to be fun. Uh, so Steve, we are reviewing GTA Online separately from GTA 5, correct? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing for us, right? Yeah. So we have one single kind of review product at IGN. It's kind of monolithic, and that doesn't necessarily suit some of the ways games are evolving. Mm-hmm. So we are going to ra- offer a review opinion for it. It may not be the type of review people are used to seeing, but we're going to have sort of an ongoing discussion on the side about, hey, is this any good? What's, what's working? What's broken? How can this be improved? Okay, so we're not going to send it a score. Its own score? Separate of GTA 5? Yeah, that's where we're at right now. Okay. We're not going to actually score this as a separate thing, but we are going to offer a, a, a lengthy conversation about it in a review-focused context. I see. So going back to the question, should people be upset about GTA Online? It's tough for me to say, because like Greg, I haven't completed the single-player right. campaign, yeah. and I can busy myself with that while I wait for them to fix it. I don't think it's an outrage. Like I don't think you should be mad about this, but I think you are totally allowed to be angry. For me, it was like, you know... We're talking about the spectrum, and the Twitter spectrum was like, oh man, fuck this in Rockstar. What are they thinking? Blah, blah. And it's like, wait, the internet is unreasonably mad about something? Yeah. Breaking news. (laughs) (laughs) I love that even if I was finished with it, I still haven't played Gone Home, so I. There's so much other stuff. (laughs) Two hours, Steve! (laughs) Not even! Play Gone Home. Oh my god, everybody, please go play Gone Home. Uh, You know, even if it takes a few days to sort out, if it takes a week, GTA 5 is going to be popular for years to come. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. I think, yeah. you know, it's just it's such a small amount of time that people couldn't play GTA Online. I think that'll fade from people's memory. 
Well, and they have a rollout plan. Like the yeah. like the 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 game that we have right now online, theoretically, if we were able to play it, has jobs and races and things like that. But yeah. like in a little while, we're going to get custom content and be able to like make yeah. our own races. No heists are in right now. Heists yeah, yeah. are going to get patched later, in. Right? We're going to so get competitive modes like capture the flag is coming soon. Yeah, so I would anticipate that this will sort of break down again a little yeah. bit with each new big rollout, <laughs> yeah. right? But yeah, I agree with you. Like they'll get it all sorted out and, and come spring, I don't see us having any problems with this game at all. I agree. Sure. Thanks guys. We'll continue following everything Grand Theft Auto here at IGN Games Group. What's up, everybody? It's me. I'll talk to Damon this way, and then occasionally I'll turn to these two goons and talk to them that way. Sometimes I'll vomit, sometimes I'll ejaculate. Wow. And Mitch, that's basically everything I want out of every episode of the game. <laughs> like, if yep. that's, the, that's basically what we all need in our lives, I think, in a video <laughs> show, in an internet website, in a Greg Miller experience. That's just what I want to have more and, of. Uh, Steve. I'm concerned. <laughs> I feel I, like ejac- I haven't watched a game school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these, these have gotten very weird. Ejaculation is like uh, it's like your the penis, penis vomiting. Up, yeah. it's your penis vomit. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's symbolism. Welcome back to Game Sweep, everybody. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. I'm joined now by Ryan McCaffrey, Hello. Dan Stapleton, Hey-o. Justin Davis, Oop. and Umar. One of our viewers, Umar, who has a question about Half-Life 3. The gist of his question is, when we do eventually see Half-Life 3, do we do we actually believe, first of all, that we will eventually see one? It's a when, not an if. So when we do... I don't know about that. I would argue otherwise. Oh, let's call it. When and if we do, could it ever live up to the hype at this point? It's been six years now since Half-Life 2, Episode 2 came Can't out. Believe it. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The most recent uh, rumors were whose cli- whose ending is like the best cliffhanger yeah, ever, by the way. Which, it's it's almost criminal to leave us with that <laughs> cliffhanger. There's a for portal tie-in, and oh, oh what's yeah. going on? Last week, uh, someone found a trademark that that had supposedly yeah. registered since for Half-Life Three. It's since been uh, disproved, but that's only only the latest and just. Numerous, you know, rumors. Uh, there, there's, there's also been some, some leaks out of Valve. It was a, the, like one of their track yep. software, uh, you know, project yeah. tracking software things that has a Half-Life Three team. So it's like, of, of course, they're working on it. I, but, I, but I think, I think the holdup is that Valve's own standards are way too high because they, they have the, the same expectations that everyone else does. Like Valve, you know, has never been a Me Too company. Like they, they want to go out there and do something that no one's ever seen before. Um, and I think that. Uh, pulling that off is a lot easier said than done, even sure. for even for a you know a very talented group of people like Valve, um, and they've probably scrapped multiple prototy- prototypes of Half-Life Three, and just it's not good enough. Oh, I I agree one hundred percent. I but I think uh, as I mean as a gamer, for out of curiosity's sake, I want to see it. Sure. Oh yeah. But out of sort of just looking at it purely from the series perspective, I kind of don't. 
almost because I don't. I actually don't think it could possibly ever live up to it at this point. To to live up to its own expectations. Yeah, I feel like they've almost backed themselves into the corner, right? Just for and waiting so long. And this like, is what happened with Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> and and ex it is. it's exactly what happened, yeah. which is they they kept restarting the project because they they like this has to be bigger, better, best. And eventually they just burnt out because they ran out of resources trying to make the best game ever. And ended up with something that, that was, was not the best deeply, game deeply <laughs> underwhelming. Well, I mean, Valve enjoys a position where you know most companies have to keep releasing games to yep. survive. That's what you know. You can delay them, and you can get another right. round of funding for your publisher, and, and you might have some wiggle room there. But you got to release product, and they don't. You know, right, they, because they they, ha they have Steam that's going going to power them forever. They they've also yep. put out Portal and and uh, they are releasing for games for sure. Right, but I mean, they could and stop. Dota. They could be a company that does not make video games anymore and continue to exist. And almost no one that make games is like that. Yep, they're they're in a true. unique position where they have two separate Epic, businesses. Who, who could make engines forever yeah. and stop making games. Yeah, so but there's a few like, Epic games and some other ones, but generally speaking, you know, that's not common. Wouldn't that be frustrating for all the creative people working at Valve, though? Hugely. Right? Well, they, of course. They, they, they want to make something, right? Well, that's and what that's... People do. The, as we found out, was I believe it was late last year, or maybe even earlier this year, that we sort of got that inside look at mm -hmm. how Valve works. And they do. They, they organically form projects. There is no management structure. And if somebody decides, all right, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the guy that starts Half-Life 3, and then it's his or her job to rally, to rally the troops and, and build a team, and uh, then it just goes from there. And if, it get, if that gets shot down as not being good enough, yeah. like I, I'm sure everything goes in front of Gabe Peer Newell. Peer review, and, yeah. Yeah, everything goes in front of Gabe Newell, and he probably gets you know, the final you know, green light or no on, the, on this concept. If it isn't good enough, then that's going to be pretty demoralizing. I mean, I, think, I do think Half-Life 3 could live up to the hype when it came out. I, I guess it depends on what your hype is. Like, it is just a video game, right? Like, it's going to come out, and it's going to last, you know, 10 to 12 hours or whatever it lasts, and it'll be hopefully very fun and incredible and amazing, you know, clever physics puzzles, all that stuff, but it still will just be a game that will have some weird issues, and, uh, you know, the Half-Life games have never been perfect. Like, they've always had small issues, and I felt like, what was the one where you were in the tunnels? The hoverboat? Part. Yeah, the hoverboat in the original <laughs> Half-Life. No, that's about two. No, that's in two. Yeah, or, it's the middle me. sequence. Um, but the the tunnels. I think it's episode two. The glowing tunnels, and there's a weird turret defense section, and like the games have always had some stuff that were not incredible. Right. right? Like so, I love the Half-Life games. We named it the number one. Half-Life Two is the number one PC game of the last decade. Yep. We helped make that list, and I totally agree with that. But it's still not perfect. Yeah. And no, we, there is no yeah. such thing as a perfect game. We also uh, not that. It would stop Valve, but we also live in a. In the past seven years, we live in a much more cynical gaming community than existed seven years ago, which which only, you know, ma makes the standard even more difficult to well, reach I, for I, them. I, I just think it's it's just that the the Valve has done it to it to themselves and they have extent, where, where it's just like if if you if you you know make people wait longer, their expectations. You go think it's up. just strictly the amount of time that's passed. I, well, not strictly. Well, I mean, but they, I mean, they have they have the standard of Half Life Two to live up to, yeah. and like they, they could have just come out with Half Life Three and had it be you know more Half Life Two basically. Let's see. I mean, but that's not what they wanted. Half Life One was ninety eight, correct? Yeah. Yes. And then it was six years. Yeah, six years from one to two, and except that after two, they made the announcement that they would would release episodic three content to get yeah. it out faster, right? And yep. then, so that obviously didn't. They work. set up that expectation. 
<laughs> well, it, it worked for the first two. I mean, yeah. it was still delays. They were very far apart, but but it did work for the first two. By the way, I don't actually think episode one was that great. It, it wasn't that great, but it's it was still good. like two was Half Life, which is still better than most games. Right. right. And well, I, when we and, say that great, it's with the qualifier. Yeah, of yeah. Like, yeah. By the yeah. Valve standard. Yeah. Right. And you know, I, I think that that probably affected Valve. Like that that feedback on on episode one was like, oh, this is this is good. It's not great. Then that explains the long delay between one and two. Right. But it was also like episode one was truly like an episode like you went through sort of a small focused experience and you went into the citadel and then you know back underneath in the parking structure and like and then it ended that was it whereas episode two i don't know if it was actually longer but it definitely felt more like a complete you know the the climax of that game is incredible uh -huh. like it, it didn't feel like a small episode chunk of half-life at all now like, are we are we in agreement that the next Half-Life thing will be a full Half-Life 3 and not an episode at 3? At this point, how could it, how could it be you know, a five-hour game at this point? I kind of expect them to put out an episode 3 as, as a almost promotion for Half-Life 3. Mm. So, you know, kind of, kind of like a bridge the gap kind of thing. Because mm. if, if the jump from Half-Life yeah. 1 to Half-Life 2 is any indication, there's going to be kind of a transition there. Like, they'll, they'll want to change up the setting. They'll want to change up, uh, you know, what, what Gordon is going through. So they will want to link those two pieces together, and I think that, that episode three is how they'll do it. So uh, furthering the uh, conspiracy theory, will Portal 3 and Half-Life 3 be the same game? That's, my, that's, that's huh? Justin Davis's pet conspiracy theory, is that yeah. Portal 3 and Half-Life 3 will be the same game. There's, there's absolutely no reason for them to make one game when they could make two. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they could make twice as much money. But I think, they don't need money. They can do whatever they, they want to satisfy themselves creatively. I think they, could, they can interlock them or tie them together and maybe even have yeah. them interact. What's but, the name? Portal Life? Like, what, what no, do they call no, it? Still Half-Life 3. Yeah. No, I mean, so here's the deal. Like, th real talk, I don't think that's happening. But that's like just that's the, that's the Justin Davis fantasy scenario. Is that first of all, I don't think that they should do any press. I think it should just send itself live onto Steam. Just one day it's on Steam. Yeah, just everyone fires up Steam. Half Life Three is there. It's sixty bucks. <laughs> I I do think that they will have a very short time from sure. official announcement to release. They have be to because that bit them in the ass so hard on Half Life Two, where where they announced it so far in advance. Yeah, but and did it? I mean, I know the whole yeah. game leaked, but that but was with, so good at E three. But it, it blew everybody's minds that year. It's it just they they. I mean, and if you go back and look at at what was announced and what, they, what, was, what was talked about. There was so much of it that was cut out, sure. and there was so much that just didn't work out the way they wanted to, so they had to revamp it. And what, what we ended up playing was, you know, it was sort of like what, what they showed to begin with. And I think, I think they probably want oh, to, yeah. they probably want to minimize that, that, uh, that kind of cycle of you know, time from announcement to release. It was, uh, I was at that E3 when Half-Life 2 was revealed. I saw, I saw the demo, and it was the first time in my life, it was my second E3, and I was just mind-blown. Like, the thing that blew me away, and it's such a stupid detail now, but they were shooting wood. Yeah. It was the physics. Shooting wood, and then it was splintering, and then <laughs> yeah. the whole thing collapsed, and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that was the transformative thing about Half-Life 2, was the physics. And so, like, yeah. what are they going to do? Like, if Half-Life... Like, Half-Life 2, that was its thing. And so to move to 3, it can't just be the same. Like, they have to have... Animation, uh, AI interactivity. Yeah, it could be. Well, I mean, they did, they had you know, outstanding animation in Half-Life 2. Yeah, they had like, a from Pixar. Yeah. A bunch of people are doing... Portal. Yeah. A bunch of people are doing amazing things in animation. Like, for... And, I, and again, I think this is the holdup. Valve needs that one killer transformative thing that, you know... If you look back at Half-Life 1, like, after Half-Life 1, shooters changed. After Half-Life 2, shooters changed. They want to change the world again, and it's going to it's going to be really really hard to do. And that's the only way it could possibly even come close to living up living up to the expectations. And can you imagine if they swing and miss? 
It's like that. How it, how terrifying that is. It would be Duke Nukem Forever esque. <laughs> that game has a whole lot of other problems. I mean, as far as the reception, right? Yeah. Even if I mean, regardless of whether or not it can live up to people's unrealistic expectations, I still want to play oh, Half Life Three. Yeah. I mean, I, there's absolutely no 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 reason in the world I would not want to play that game. <laughs> I hope I actually get to play it sometime, yeah. someday. Like I hope I just I don't like just. It just never comes out. Like you're on your deathbed going, I've never got it. Never got it. The the thought has, it hasn't even crossed my mind that it won't ever happen. It's just when it will happen. And I I think another thing they've been, they've been waiting for is the, the next version of the Source Engine, Source 2. That's the thing, yeah. I mean, like that's, that's got to, that's going to be the underlying, underlying technology and, you know, what that can and can't do is going to determine what, what shooters can and can't do in the, in the, the coming generation. I do think like it can be incredible, it can be transformative, it can be game of the year, but like my favorite game of all time is Super Metroid, and there's still totally parts of that game that are weird and not that fun. Like it's still yeah, gonna be a video game. Be, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like anybody, no anybody that thinks it's gonna be like God's gift to video games needs to understand that it's still made by humans that are on a timetable <laughs> and a budget, and like, you know, I hope it's incredible and amazing. Actually, it wouldn't be a timetable, or there wouldn't be a timetable or a budget sure. as history has Fair shown. Enough. But they are humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it is. It is a, a game you know that has been to- told to them by God, but written by humans. <laughs> so they're, they're Ma- made manifest by yeah, gay men. Right. Yes, right. It's true. Well, thanks, guys. If and when Half Life Three is a real thing, we'll be talking all about it here at IGN GameScoop. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. Don't be Anthony about it. <laughs> that was kind of Anthony. Yeah. Uh, listeners, remember you can always reach us at gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Matthew Lopez did. Ooh. The uh, panelists answering your questions today will be Justin Davis. Scoop. Greg Miller. Blah, blah. I didn't really say the full Miller. <laughs> it's Greg fine. Miller. We've been around long enough. <laughs> people, people get it. If Damon's doing an audio podcast, Greg Miller's there. And Marty Sleva. Hello there. He's here today, too. Matthew Lopez asks, should next-gen games be in the running for 2013's Game of the Year? Of course. Why? Next question. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's, a ri- that's sort of a ridiculous so question. I more want to just ask, like, why would he even ask? I, well, what was his name? Does, Matthew Lopez. Matthew Lopez, that's a dumb question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. It, it, it does sound like a dumb question, but let's dial it back. Maybe he's just asking, do we think any of the games from next gen are going to be in the running? Like, I mean, our okay. personal running. Well, that's, why didn't he ask it that well, way? Because so like, people aren't good with the word like we are. We be. We do. Well, I mean, even if that's the question... Yeah, plenty of games. I'm sure Watch Dogs no. is gonna be cool, and yeah, Watch Dogs, Call of Duty, uh, and all that garbage. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Call of Duty. But, uh, um. Yeah, I mean, so it comes out in the calendar year 2013. So yes, it's up for Game of the Year yeah. contention. Yeah. Um, Whether or not any of them will actually win, I don't. I mean, yeah, at a, without having played many of them, any of them for like a great period of time, like yeah. I think your your best bets would be Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, and I don't hold my breath on either of them. Yeah. It's like, are we gonna get good Assassin's Creed or sort of so-so Assassin's? See, I think sure, we're sure gonna get. Not. I think we're gonna get a good Assassin's Creed. And I think it's gonna be like like Far Cry, and I think that's gonna push people yeah. to wanna mm, put it in there. I'm, I mean, I'm on the fence. You don't know. You don't, I don't have played. I don't anything. mean, no, you're right. I haven't played. Greg it. and I checked it out. And we were impressed. Okay. High five, Damon. I'm just hot for that. Checking it out. I just want that knack. Oh, everybody wants that knack. Mark Cerny be all knacking it up. <laughs> He's throwing bits and bolts out of his pocket, saying, Nack it up! Nacking boots. The simple, yeah. <laughs> like, we, That's good. That's good. Can we just start a podcast where we talk about Nack? It's called Nack and Boots. Still end up Nacking the Boots. Mark, Mark Cerny's sex advice. Remember, it's Nacking <laughs> Boots <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. We should put it up and not change the price. So it's just $10 every episode. <laughs> Don't you want to know what's happening in Nack? <laughs> 
simple answer is yes. Next-gen games are in the running mm-hmm. for Game of the Year. I don't think any of them will win. No, I don't think so either. If Titanfall had made it out for launch, maybe. Obviously, the Game of the Year is going to be... Walking Dead Survival Instinct. Yeah, I was giving you a chance to toss. I was, I was looking at Greg, seeing if he'd have something good there. I mean, I think, I think it'll... That's the bad game. Yeah. Of the, go-to bad game of the year. Yeah. Womp womp. Womp womp. Etrian Odyssey 4. This is... This is Kevin Bahar. That game is supposed to be really good. Yeah. I want to play that game. I just bought it. Some, some gorilla like messed me up in like the first dungeon, and I haven't yeah. gone back. What, what messed you up? A, gor- a gorilla. Just making sure that's what I heard. Okay. Some girl. You know, right. Some girl messed me up. Some gorilla. Kevin Bahar says, with Killzone Shadowfall being a 50 gigabyte install, what does it mean for console memory moving forward? With games becoming bigger and bigger each year, it leads me to believe that 500 gigs of memory isn't enough. Both PS4 and Xbox One have 500 gigs of memory. Yeah. Although the PS4 can be upgraded, I think, and yeah. Xbox Ones cannot. Mm. I would imagine a game like Destiny or a next-gen Fallout could quite possibly be double or triple the size of Killzone. Shadowfall. Do you think for the next-gen <laughs> consoles... Do you think the next-gen consoles should have shipped with a terabyte? Or do you think the new SKUs will become available in the, le- in the lead-up? Well, clearly new SKUs are going to yeah, come Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I know, it, it does seem like when the Xbox 360 came out, I got the 20-gig hard drive, like lots of people. And it seemed like plenty of space. The size, the maximum size of arcade games was 50 megs at the yeah, time. Yeah, I think so. It was something low. Like and, you know, they upped that limit a couple times. But um, it seemed like you were going to have plenty of space. And then it was instantly full within yeah, yeah. a couple it's, of years. Yeah, so. it does bo- instantly uh, full within a couple, in a couple <laughs> of years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you fill it up and then it's like, oh, you have to choose what to delete. Don't listen yeah. to what he says. Listen to what he means. I know. <laughs> this is how my words work. I've yeah. been I've been toying with the idea of just buying a, a notebook terabyte drive, and then mm-hmm. just as soon as I get my PlayStation Four, not even turning it on and setting it up, just taking out the hard drive and putting it in. I mean, memory's yep. cheap. How 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 much is a terabyte now? It's three hundred dollars. No way. Yeah, yeah. I was like on crazy. New Egg or whatever. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah why, I, could, why wouldn't they ship them with bigger hard drives? I wonder. Price. But you just said they're really cheap. Well, 500 is cheaper than a thousand. But they're trying to source yeah, components. Like, uh, so let me True. put it this way: so they'll have to pay wholesale. They'll pay you know ten or twenty dollars more for a one terabyte hard drive. Um, and are they going to sell more PS4s if it ships yeah. with that? Is anyone standard? not going to buy them because right. they're 500? It doesn't do anything for them, in my but opinion. To me, the thing that worries me more is just the idea of downloading a 50 gig game. Like yeah. that's going to take me forever. Well, now you can well, play while you download. My roommates right? are going to. Lo- Roommates are gonna yell at me. What's See, going on? This, is what, this might be Justin Davis being stupid. Um, big old JD. But he, big old, J, big old JD's big dummy. Um, but he says it's a fifty gigabyte install. So that's does that, not that's true. if you download it. Yeah, it's if you download it. It's I, not I, like I you think have if a you're disc playing it off the have... disc, I don't think you so, have to. So how does that work in next gen? Like for example, some current gen games like GTA. I guess it it has to be installed. Correct. But that's GTA. <laughs> right. So, but it's, it's like, are there next gen games where like you get it on a disc and then it's still gonna take up a bunch yeah, of space? Yeah, I mean, I think oh, is sure. it Forza that immediately has a day one like five gig patch. Right. That See, that's some of the stuff that I don't actually know too much about yet. So what we're Uncharted saying is Waters. None of us know what's <laughs> going on. Uncharted Waters. You don't know any of this stuff. People are. Is that I the new have Uncharted so many questions. Uncharted Waters. I played it. There was a SNES RPG called Uncharted Waters. That was really good. Sully, I'm swimming around over here. <laughs> Sorry, Drake. <laughs> We're gonna drown. It's like Open Water Three. <laughs> wow. I forgot there was Open Water Two. Yeah. But they're not like, it's not sharks this time, right? They're just stranded on a boat. I didn't even watch either movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. First one. First, one's first one is good. Uh, this is Steve G in Atlanta. Steve Gainer. Gainer. Steve Gainer. Gainer. Got them gone homes. Getting down with them dirty falcons. Getting them gone homes. Yeah, Steve G. It's Steve Gainer. Um, I don't think that's who. Why is he down in Atlanta? <laughs> I thought someone I think would Gone say, Home sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nope, definitely not Steve. I thought someone would say Hotlanta. Nobody wants Hotlanta. Uh, now you guys don't don't fall asleep here, but he says this is a question for Damon in particular. I recall you mentioning that you have some challenges with video games related to your vision. 
I myself ha- have a congenital nystagmus, nystagmus, which is like having drunk vision permanently. Oh, no. Now, to clarify, I do not have this, and I don't have no, a you, problem with playing most games. I have a problem with you, seeing your heat vision. Oh. I don't oh. have heat vision. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, That's I, a huge I, problem. I got that wrong. Oh, I gotta go. Awesome. I gotta go update your Wikipedia. There was I, someone sitting in that chair a minute ago. I only have a problem seeing 3D, which usually isn't a problem unless I want to see gravity in 3D. Sure, but whatever. Were you disappointed? No, I still liked it a lot in 2D. I get to go see it tonight in 3D. IMAX. Woo! Steve says it's got me. In, it's gotten me into trouble with cops and bouncers a few times. What, Fuck the no, bouncer. What, 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 uh, I had a friend who had a lazy eye, and uh, <laughs> he got 86 from multiple bars before he got a drink. Because just, like, you're, they, you're, they think he was drunk? You're messed up. He's like, uh, nope, yeah. haven't nope. had a drink. Just have a lazy eye. <laughs> no. That's too bad. Yeah. So they knew they could tell that he was looking funny? Like, is it, Now I'm curious. Now I want to Google this condition. He says it's like having drunk vision permanently. So Right, but how would they know what you can see? Well, is maybe he, he was like stumbling. Is he allowed uh, to drive? Is he legal to drive? I don't know. Uh, he says being a neurological condition, lenses cannot correct it completely. That's too bad. I have a 65-inch screen TV, however, so that helps a lot with console games. Although Vita games are very hit and miss. Oh, yeah, no However, problem. even with a big TV, I have trouble reading some text, and this is particularly irritating with regards to GTA V's tiny notifications Ugh. in the upper left corner of the That's screen. The worst. Every single time one pops up, I pause the game and dig through the menu to get to the notifications logs. Yeah. I was just going to say, you can, and if anybody at home doesn't know that, because they pop up like I'm in the middle of a cop chase, yeah. there's crazy things going on, sirens and helicopters flying overhead, like, and in the corner of the screen is like some critically important <laughs> piece of information, yeah. and so you can access those from the pause menu, folks. He says, my question to you is, do you think it would be possible for game developers to incorporate options for greater visual accessibility, such as scaling font sizes for subtitles and notifications? Are these features absent from games as a result of indifference or in ignorance of such issues, or is it simply not feasible from a design standpoint? I, I mean, it's on a case-by-case basis. Every game's different. Sure. I would say it's absolutely feasible, and I think it's just a matter of you know, yeah, time, like, time and time. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah, How nobody's... much of our audience is affected by this? Exactly, exactly. And it's one of those, it's like a rabbit hole that you go down, like, you, if you do this, then you have to have all the menus be, yeah. you know, have voice for blind people. Yeah. yeah, and you do see there yeah. are some best practices, like a lot of puzzle games, and Battlefield 4 actually has a colorblind mode. Peggle, Peggle does the same thing. Why is that funny to you? <laughs> what if dolphins play <laughs> video games? <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> original. They had to have, like, a subtitle. <laughs> 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 I don't even know why you went. Are dolphins colorblind? I don't remember how I got there either. I, was, I think you said down the rabbit hole, and so I, immediately what was dolphin? the most what was the most ridiculous condition you could have being a dolphin? That's that's, <laughs> that's it. the most ridiculous. Yeah, that's a really weird. I want to I want to be inside the mind of Greg Miller. What would Greg Miller? You'd never get out. You would never get out. Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, the problem there is, let's say you do one thing for one set of disabled gamers and say, look, you know, you have an eye condition, so we'll let you size your font up but exactly do you have someone reading off every single menu or where does that yeah. stop i think yep. it's just developers having limited time and resources yeah and you're on a deadline too it choices. also and it's also not as easy as it's one thing to be like oh it's super easy to let people scale up the font but anything that you do in a game has to be debugged sure. and, yep. QA, memory. and yep. it'll introduce like let's say it works 95 percent of the time then it introduces a few dumb mm-hmm. issues like then those get logged as bugs and do you guys remember how awful it was like right at the beginning of the 360s life certain oh games yeah. like dead rising dead rising sure. yeah. you didn't have awful. hgtv it was yeah, just yeah. like well i'm i'm yeah. I don't know what's going it's on. It's really weird that what we're still... What are you still, trying to tell me, Frank West? <laughs> we're in the gen right now. We're like, I played, I played Xbox games for years without an HDTV. I in played the gen with I Justin played, Davis. In the gen. Genesis. Anyway, sorry. Now you're playing with power. Um, But yeah, like I played games nope, like Oblivion. Not the Genesis tagline. No. Yeah. What was it? What? No, it's not. That was Nintendo. Playing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Genesis is Sega 2, what Nintendo. Yeah. Who was the one you are not ready? Was that Sega CD? I don't 
don't know. Who the hell knows? The sign you are not. You guys no, that was like that Jurassic Park or something. What? Anyway, no. sorry to hear about your eye condition. Yeah, Steve G in Atlanta. <laughs> but he made the he made the. <laughs> what? He made Gone Home though. Jam was a good movie. <laughs> was it? I never saw it. Actually. No, it wasn't really good. But I doubt it was a good movie. No, Bill Murray's in it. Yeah, he's spoiler. Is he's he really Bill Murray? No, not a spoiler. Why is he? Character. Spoiler: Bill Murray's in the movie. <laughs> they hit it well. He wasn't on the poster. Greg, I hope you enjoy Gravity. Me too. That's all the scoops we have you for this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Marty. Of course. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out. Bom, 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 bom. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.